Thank you for tuning in to the sermon podcast from Redeeming Hope. We exist as a family of faith that follows Jesus and helps others find him by living all of life as missionaries of hope. If you want more information about our church or would like to support our ministry, go to our website at redeeminghope.org. Please enjoy the sermon podcast. My friends, today we are looking at how we are empowered by Jesus' life and Jesus' spirit to join him in his work to renew the world and be on mission with our Father. And this actually goes to what we've been looking at. We've been looking at the story of John the past two weeks and John's account of Jesus' interaction with his disciples post-resurrection. And this is what we see. This is our, kind of our, our text for today that we're going to hang our hat on in John 20, verses 21 to 22. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed. He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Our main point for today is this. The Holy Spirit is God's indwelling and empowering presence in the follower of Jesus who delivers the life of Jesus to us and equips us to live all of life as missionaries. Now, as we consider this text today, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever received a gift, but you've never received a gift in the moment, right? So you've received a gift, but it's about something that's going to happen in the future thing. So uh, I was thinking about this today. Jason Sanders, someone who's a part of our our church last year, um, his kids really love Harry Potter. And so he gave Ben a promise for his birthday, I believe it was in November, that they were going to go to the Hogwarts Harry Potter world in Universal Studios in Orlando. So he gave his kids some gifts. He gave him a little wand and some other fun things that they could enjoy when they're going to their trip. But ultimately, he said, your gift is not today. Your gift is going to be in the future, and it's going to be awesome, right? And so there's this buildup. There's an anticipation. And I find that as we get older, right, sometimes that's what happens, right? Like a gift of a cabin, a gift of a getaway, a gift of a vacation. It's a future anticipation. It's not in the moment, but it's something special that's forthcoming. And part of the fun of the gift is the anticipation of what that gift is going to come when it comes, right? So last week, we looked at Jesus and how he's risen from the dead And he appears to the disciples and he says these words, as the father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Now in the nature, we looked at last week, but I want to give us a little refresher because I think it's important. In the nature of Jesus's sentness, we are sent. So Jesus, we looked at last week that Jesus was sent personally. And so you and I are sent personally to our friends and neighbors around us. Jesus was sent by coming to us. Instead of asking us to come up to him, he instead came down to us. And so we are sent to go out to others to where they are, to where they're comfortable. We don't ask people to come to where we're comfortable. We go where they're comfortable. That's how we're sent. That's where we're called out by God. As Jesus was sent, centered on his father, he said he did dad's will. He said, I'm going to do what dad tells me to do, right? That's what Jesus said. So you and I are sent to do Jesus's will, not our own. 
And finally, we saw last week that as Jesus was sent filled with grace and truth, so we are sent to be filled with undeserved, unearned favor for those around us, and we're sent to clearly proclaim the truth of Jesus, clearly explain the truth of Jesus to others when the time is appropriate. So the question that we have, have to ask ourselves is, is how do we do this? How are we sent by Jesus, right? This is part of what we're going to be talking about today is how are we empowered to do this? Because let's just face it, let's just be really honest right now. We often don't want to personally put ourselves out there as Christians, as followers of Jesus, because guess what? That'll hurt when others reject us right? We're not naturally inclined to put ourselves out there. And if you're joining us and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, you might have some personal reservations in terms of believing or understanding this message because you might not want to put yourself out there and be vulnerable in front of God. Sometimes you and I don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to go where other people are comfortable, right? Because naturally we want other people to come to where we're comfortable. So our natural bent is towards comfort, not discomfort. That makes sense. My friends, you and I want to do our own will, naturally, I want to do what feels right to me. I don't want to do things on behalf of other people. I want to do things on behalf of me, right? That's natural. And finally, we're often not filled with undeserved, unearned favor for other people. And we often don't want to tell the truth because sometimes telling the truth might mean that others might think differently about us. So my friends, if, if Jesus just left us with, hey, as I've been sent, so send I you, and that's all he does, it's really quite discouraging because you and I are not naturally bent to do what Jesus has done for us, right? Because we're sinful, broken human beings. But Jesus doesn't just leave us with a vision, with an aspiration to be sent as he was sent. He actually says these words right after this, and that's what we're basing our time on of today. It says these words in John 20, 22. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So Jesus actually gives us the mechanism in, to obey him. He gives us the means to obey him by actually sending us God himself in the Holy Spirit to reside in us, to empower us. So we're going to look at three things today as it relates to how, we, how Jesus is alive and he's actually empowering us by sending his Holy Spirit to help us accomplish his mission. So we're going to look at three things. The Holy Spirit is God's indwelling, empowering presence. The Holy Spirit mediates Jesus' life to us. And finally, we're going to see how the Holy Spirit equips us to be missionaries. So first, the Holy Spirit is God's indwelling, empowering presence. I want to give you just a brief definition of what the Holy Spirit is on the screen here. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, God's indwelling and empowering presence within his believers and then his external presence throughout the world. The Holy Spirit sustains and accomplishes what God the Father wills and Jesus inaugurates or begins. So my friends, uh, we're going to be talking about this definition pretty much every single week for the next multiple weeks. I don't know how long the sermon series is going to go. It might go four or five weeks. It might go seven, eight, or nine weeks. I'm actually going to be planning that over the next few days. But what we find is that God is three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, but they are together one God. And it's important for us to know as it relates to the Holy Spirit's role in the Trinity, that's what that's called, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are, are what's called the Trinity. And it's important for us to know two things about Jesus sending us the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does. And, and that's it, he indwells us, 
and he empowers us. So first, when Jesus sends us the Holy Spirit, and again, I know that some of this might be new information. Actually, I'm certain that this is new information for a lot of you watching because you've had no background with God or faith or Jesus until our church family. And so I'm actually super jazzed about that, and I'm excited to bring you up to speed on, we've talked about God the Father a lot, right? And it's, it's kind of easy culturally to understand that. We've talked about Jesus, because of course Jesus is a prominent figure in our culture, and we're centering most of our sermons on the work of Jesus over the past year and a half. But now we're actually going to start incorporating the Holy Spirit specifically through the series and then ongoing in our church. And I've done this intentionally over the past three years as I've been preaching about God the Father, God the Son, and now we're entering into a season to talk about God's Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. So what we see first is that the Holy Spirit indwells us with God's presence. John 14, 23 says these words. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. My friends, when you choose to truly follow Jesus, that's hearing and believing and obeying the message of Jesus, the Holy Spirit actually is God himself and he begins to reside inside of you. Do you see how we already see the interplay of Jesus is talking about his father as a separate person? And then it says, we, the father and me, will come to you. And what we see later is that Jesus says, I'm sending my spirit, my helper to you. So there's three persons, one God. God resides in us and makes his home in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And when people see followers of Jesus, when you're living actually what the Bible tells us and how the Bible tells us to live, they actually see a reflection of God because the Holy Spirit, who is God, resides in the Christian, right? So what we see first is that Jesus indwells us with God's presence by sending us the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes inside and indwells us with God residing inside of us. Secondly, we see that the Holy Spirit empowers us for God's mission. Look with me at John 15. This is Jesus speaking. He says, but when the helper comes, that's another word for the Holy Spirit. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So Jesus is speaking to his closest disciples. And again, we see the Trinity here, right? We see Jesus speaking, who's the Son. He says, I do nothing of my own accord, but only what my Father does, right? So then he's referencing his Father as a separate person, right? And then he says, we will send you. I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who is this helper. He's coming from the Father. But look at what the Spirit's role is. The Holy Spirit's role is to bear witness about Jesus. It's to point us to Jesus. It's to point us to Jesus's work. So it's like God the Father is in the stands celebrating his son's victory over death and hell in the grave. And the Holy Spirit's like the megaphone and like a video camera focusing our energy onto Jesus, right? It's helping us focus on who Jesus is. That's what the Holy Spirit does in us. But my friends, I want us to think about this for a second, that God gives us a calling and a responsibility to do a bunch of things, right? When you choose to follow Jesus, there's a bunch of things that Jesus is inviting you to do, that God himself is inviting you to do, that we're called to put off old patterns of living. We're called to put on new patterns of living. We're called to live on mission as missionaries, to be sent like Jesus, right? We just looked at that. 
And it is impossible to do this alone. So the power to bear witness about Jesus comes because of the Holy Spirit residing in us. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes, lives inside the life of the Christian, actually bears witness about Jesus that brings the, the, the work of Jesus and an understanding of Jesus into our life. And then we can then bear witness because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. So what we see is that the Holy Spirit is God's indwelling, empowering presence inside the life of those who follow him. But secondly, there's another fascinating thing that the Holy Spirit does. And again, I just want to remind us that this is just a precursor, just a primer to what we're going to dive into over the next multiple weeks. But we see that the Holy Spirit then mediates Jesus's life to us. So the Holy Spirit indwells our very heart. He empowers us towards mission to bear witness. But not only that, he actually delivers the real life of Jesus to give life to our dead sinful hearts. The Bible says that our hearts are dead in sin, but God has made us alive because of Jesus. So how does that life that Jesus earned for us on the cross 2,000 years ago come into you and me in Clarksville, Tennessee, or wherever you're watching this from? How does it, how does it come to us today? Well, the Holy Spirit is like an aqueduct. It's like a mediator that, that, that pulls the life of Jesus all from eternity, past, present, and future right into your and I's heart and life right now. Look with me at Romans 8, 11. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. How? Through his spirit who dwells in you. My friends, Jesus was cold and dead for three days in a grave. He lived a perfect life. He took the punishment that you and I deserve because of our sin and brokenness on the cross, and then he died okay? And he was buried in a grave. His heart stopped beating. His lungs were not beating. There was no electrical impulses going on in his brain. He was not in a coma. He was dead for three days in a grave. And then on the morning of the third day, the whole, what we see right here is that the Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, comes to Jesus, right? God comes to God. The Holy Spirit comes into Jesus, starts to have his heart begin to beat again. His blood starts to pump again. His lungs start to breathe again. The electrical impulses begin to fire in his brain. And Jesus, in his physical body, stands up and walks out of the grave, okay? That same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now resides in you and mediates the same life of Jesus into your hearts today. So my friends, the question that I have for you is this. Do you believe that Jesus raised from the dead? Now, if you don't, that's okay. I want you to continue to follow us. I want you to continue to explore this message with us. But if you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, there is nothing, let me say this again, there is nothing, there is nothing that he cannot change in you or in others because that same life has brought resurrection to Jesus. It can resurrect your life and it can resurrect the lives of those around you. So you can change. You can grow. You can thrive, and others around you can change and grow and thrive. And there is nothing that is impossible with God because Jesus is resurrected from the dead, and the same spirit that did that, we have access to the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now resides inside of you and me. So the, so the application here, stop worrying. Relax. Chill out. Rest. Trust Jesus and calm down. 
That's the invitation of God's spirit mediating the life of Jesus into your life. As we follow him, as we let the Holy Spirit's power move in us, we have access to the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So he is mediating his life to the Christian right now. And you who are spiritually alive because of the Holy Spirit within you have access to that power. Nothing can take his life from you even if you're killed. Even if you're suffering with cancer. Even if your loved ones are dying. Even if COVID-19 has ravaged your family. There is nothing that can take the life of Jesus away from you because the Holy Spirit resides in you. Okay, so the Holy Spirit mediates Jesus' life to us. Finally, we see that the Holy Spirit then equips us to be missionaries. It equips us to do what Jesus is calling us to do. John 20, 21 to 22, yet again, I want to read this again. Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, here is where it could be confusing. Because guess what? The Holy Spirit doesn't come right away we actually see that the Holy Spirit comes after Jesus' ascends. This is 40 days later. The Bible says that Jesus lived in his resurrected body for 40 days and then ascended into heaven. And after he ascended into heaven, we see in Acts 2 these words, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they, this is the disciples, were sitting, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. My friends, in that upper room on the day of his resurrection, Jesus is teaching the disciples something. Remember, they were hiding because they were afraid. What he's saying is that the Holy Spirit coming will be his breath. It will be his life, his word to them. Breath, especially in a first century context, represented your life. If you weren't breathing, you're dead, right? So when Jesus breathes on them, says, you will receive the Holy Spirit. It's a promise. And he says it so confidently, it's in the present tense. He's like, you receive the Holy Spirit. That's how confident he is that the Holy Spirit will come. Jesus brings God's peace, and then he sends God's power through the Holy Spirit. That he promises them that he will come. He will empower you. And it's again, like we talked about with Jason and his boys earlier, it was a future promise that made it so much sweeter because after Jesus ascends to heaven, the disciples were wondering what the heck to do. And Jesus even tells them, stay, don't go out yet. Don't leave yet. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come to you. So even after he says, he breathes and says, receive the Holy Spirit, he then tells them he is not yet here, but he is coming. And it's that anticipation, it's that buildup, and then all of a sudden, in one moment, boom, in this upper room in Jerusalem, after Jesus ascends to heaven, everyone in that room is filled with God's Spirit, and they never stop being filled with His Spirit. And then we see the world beginning to be changed in the ripple effects of Jesus' resurrection, of His ascension, and then the Holy Spirit's indwelling, empowering presence in the life of His followers begins to ripple effect throughout the world that you and I are experiencing 2,000 years later. It upends everything. And it's because of the Holy Spirit's arrival. And it was Jesus's promise to them of a future arrival of the Holy Spirit that says, this is how I'm going to empower you to accomplish being sent, which is my mission for you. This indwelling, empowering presence, it delivers the life of Jesus to the Christian and then empowers us specifically for mission and being sent like he is. My friends, as I've been saying, next week we're going to begin a series into a deep dive into the Holy Spirit. And what I want it to do is remove the myth 
and fear surrounding the Holy Spirit. Often in conservative Christian contexts, the Holy Spirit, kind of how I grew up, I always thought the Holy Spirit was like Casper the ghost, right? Just this kind of disembodied, kind of floating, happy little spirit um, going around. But a lot of times in conservative contexts, there's a hesitancy to talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, because there's not a good level of understanding about what his role is. And, and other times, there's, uh, in the charismatic circles, there's often a hype regarding it, like this ultra-charismatic where people are, are speaking in gibberish and they're falling around and they're acting really strange and you're just trying to figure out what the heck is going on, right? So I want to I remove the myth and fear about the Holy Spirit. He's not Casper the ghost. And then I also want to remove the hype. Like he's not just going to completely change everything and and gold dust flying around the room when you talk about the Holy Spirit. Like none of that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and who he is and what he does in the life of the follower of Jesus. And we're going to look at what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at how he's present in your and I's life. He empowers us. He gives us real true power to change, to grow, to be on mission. He actually gives us gifts, like the Holy Spirit gives us gifts and abilities to serve one another as, the, as a church family and to serve our friends and our neighbors. Um, the Holy Spirit guides our speech. The Holy Spirit changes us from the inside out. And the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. Like the Holy Spirit helps us pray. Like did you know that when you don't know what to pray for, because oftentimes we don't, right? Um, the, uh, the, there's a quote from Tim Keller that says, um, God, God answers the prayers we would have prayed if we knew what he knew, right? And so the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. The Holy Spirit is indwelling in the life of the believer. And, and he gives us true power in this world so that we can conquer darkness, so we can live life differently. And I want to remove the myth, remove the hype, look at what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, and let that truly change our church family so we can live out of his power and out of his grace. And we can live out of the life of Jesus mediated to us like an aqueduct, like a, like a, like a direct line right to Jesus' life. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you and me. Now, if you're joining us and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, my invitation for you today is to hear this message that Jesus is your substitute and has been your substitute on the cross. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes so that we may bear witness about Jesus, right? So the Holy Spirit is pointing us to Jesus. And so I wouldn't do our sermon justice today even if I didn't be obedient to the Holy Spirit inside of me to say, look to Jesus, right? If you believe that Jesus was a real person, that he took the punishment that you deserve, you believe that you need his sacrifice on your behalf, and then you obey by making Jesus Lord over your life, that's what makes you a Christian. And when you become a Christian, you are immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. He will lead you, indwell you, guide your actions, convict you of sin, draw you into a new way of living, and empower you to live on mission. That's what will happen. But you can't get the Holy Spirit unless you truly hear, believe, and obey the message of Jesus. Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, you you have God's Spirit inside of you. But my friends, what we're going to look at and see is that we can choose to lean in and engage with the Holy Spirit. Or The Bible says that we can actually quench Him in our life. It's like taking a fire and throwing water on it. It might not kill all of the the, the fire, but it will, it will quench part of it. And, and my friends, we can do this by whether we are obedient to his leading or not. And so the Holy Spirit can give us compassion for others. It can draw us into mission, or, or we can just ignore those things. So the question that I have for us is, how do we lean in? Well, I'll just give you a few simple ways that you can lean in today to, to engage with God's Spirit that lives inside of you if you are a follower of Jesus. The first is being a group. 
be in community and in a group where others are following Jesus together. Jesus modeled this. The Holy Spirit actually speaks through his people. So he speaks through the the scriptures, but he also speaks within community. That's why I don't do a lot of one-on-one discipleship, because I actually think it misses the point. Like when we get a group of of people together that are following Jesus sincerely out of a heart that wants to, to know more about him and be more like him, actually the most beautiful thing happens that it's not just about Mr. Pastor Pastor coming into a group and leading it, and I'm the expert teaching everybody everything. What, what my goal is in a group is to facilitate conversation because God might speak through Rachel. God might speak through Jason. God speaks through Aaron. God speaks through Anna. God speaks through Greg and Rebecca and Joe. He speaks through Gary and Sarah. He sometimes even speaks through children. We had uh, one time we were doing a gospel for life and Camden, um, Gary and Sarah's daughter, I think she was nine at the time, joined. And man, she was just given incredible insight into the scriptures. And so like God can speak through children. He speaks through other people because God's spirit lives inside of all of us. It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead resides in us and gives us understanding from the scripture. And so that's why we want you to jump into a group. That's how you cannot quench but lean into the Holy Spirit. Another thing is have proximity. Read the Bible and pray and communicate with the Holy Spirit. So you know you can pray to the Trinity. And we're going to talk about this, but like God the Father does certain things. God the Son has certain roles and does certain things. And God the Spirit has certain things. So you can pray to the Holy Spirit to ask you to illuminate to you the scriptures. Ask him to convict you of sin, to draw you into righteous, right living. So you have to be in a group. Be in proximity to Jesus by spending time in the scriptures and time in prayer. And then also you just have to do it over time. Like, it doesn't just happen once. You can't just open your Bible once and read it and say, okay, I'm good to go for the rest of my life or good to go for the rest of my month, right? You have to, like a relationship, you have to spend consistent time together as you're exploring Jesus, being led by the Spirit. You do it over the course of a month or two. You come to a group, you read the scriptures consistently, you pray consistently. You do it over the course of a month or two, my friends, you'll see significant change. So I want to invite you to, to as we begin to explore the, um, the Holy Spirit, what he means to us, to see that you, you have life and you are empowered by the Holy Spirit's indwelling presence in the life of the Christian. Thank you for listening. We gather every Sunday at the Clarksville area YMCA. For more information, please go to our website at redeeminghope.org.